Okay, it's another edition of Riding Home here on Dog Post. Dean Leggy, Matt DeBerry, and Dylan Weber. Uh, you know, we've just been talking about a lot of different things that have nothing to do with Georgia sports, but uh, it's uh, coming into the 2020 class here, Dylan. Uh, Matt and I have gone out and see some kids. I went to see Carson Beck not that long ago. Uh, I've been to Camden County lately. Where have you been? I went and saw Broderick Jones, Matt, five this star. Is, this is Matt talking. Go ahead. Uh, five star offensive tackle out of Lithonia, Broderick Jones. He was okay. We'll talk a little bit about, more about him later. Then I went to try to see Eric Gilbert in the spring game. He did not participate, uh, but there was plenty of other players there. But who did you see, Dylan? Um, where did I go? I went down to... Perry and saw yeah. left tackle out there, twenty twenty one kid. Yeah, um, from uh, from Blackley County. Blackley County. Marius yeah. Mitz. He's a real deal now. Yeah, I mean he's good. I mean he only played the one half I was there, but I mean just from a size standpoint, he he down blocked a lot of the game, so you didn't really get to see much. But I mean size wise, he looks the part of a legit SEC. Left How does tackle. he compare to um, Andrew Thomas? I mean, yeah, so I could ask. I mean, you and I interviewed him, so I, it wasn't like that long. Ago. It's so tough. I don't want to say he's going to be the next Andrew Thomas, but I mean, just like you know, physic, physical wise. I mean, he's got the height and length wise. He's got such long arms. It's. I mean, he just has yeah. such a dominating way with that. It's. It's on film. He looks like a, a big athletic tight end, but when you see him in person, uh, you know, me and Dean went and saw him. Uh, Goofball. Yeah, he, he, big, giant, friendly guy, but. Definitely got some height, definitely has some length, lots of potential there, but you can – he passes the grandma test. You look at yes. that kid out on the field and you're like, this kid's going to be really, really good. Who is he? In this particular case, his name is Amarius Mims. Probably – he's the state's top player in 2021. And um, and arguably a top 10 national prospect. Absolutely. He's one of the top ranked offensive tackle prospects in the country. We're still too early for these 2021 guys, but definitely a guy to know. And then another guy that you went to go see the tight end from Hart County. Yeah, Barong was a Kane. Kane, Kane Barong. He he's he, he's listed at 6'4", I think. He didn't really look that, but it's kind of hard to say from um, some angles. But he's fast. I mean, I think as a tight end, he runs a 4'5". Which is, I mean, that's, that's pretty fast for a tight That's end. pretty different than what Georgia has been using their tight ends as. So, I mean, that would give them just a different element in the past. And that's a Clemson-Georgia like thing, Matt? Clemson-Georgia thing. Kid out of Hart County right there. Trains yeah. with uh, former Georgia Bulldog great uh, Terrence Edwards. Uh, he's wow, a good a player. a long way away. A lot of kids travel a long way uh, to work with Terrence. But he's working with a lot of these 2021 kids as well. But... Um, like you said, Kane is an upcoming junior. Uh, right now, I think uh, the other site has him ranked as the number one tight end in the country. So, so I guess I want to talk about Carson Beck in a second, but all this tight end discussion and Carson Beck, Todd Hartley has been a heck of an uh, addition for Kirby and them. I mean, it, it, was, it would have been hard to upgrade the recruiting effort, but then they go out and get Todd. That five-star hire, he's not a recruit, but that was a giant hire for, for Kirby Smart. And the guy, he obviously came from Georgia, has worked his way up, worked with uh, Mark Rick. He knows what he's doing. He can recruit. He knows Florida well. He knows the state of Georgia well. Yeah. And he's done a, an excellent job getting uh, the future Georgia quarterback out of Jacksonville. At some stage, Carson Beck will be the – I'm – I would be surprised if Carson Beck is not a starting quarterback at Georgia. That would surprise me. But talking about being 6'4", I mean, I, I'm 6'4 for sure. Carson Beck is taller than I am. He's 6'5", 
six four ish, maybe six five. But I mean, I think that I want to watch him play live. I didn't get a chance to watch him play live. Um, we watched some film together. He certainly knows what he's doing, but he's still raw in that he. So a lot. Of, so Trevor Lawrence played. He started as a freshman. Yeah, at Cartersville. At Cartersville, oh, he took over. He yeah, took over his freshman year. This guy's only played twenty games. By uh, that, that's going into his senior year. He's only been a starter for twenty times. So guys like Jake Fromm, Trevor Lawrence, Jacob Eason, they've all started for a while. This guy, Carson Beck, has only started in twenty games. Has won a state championship at the highest level in Florida. He has physical tools. What he does such a good job of, in my opinion, is he plays quarterback. That and is an important thing. That, well, that and I know people think I'm being a smartass, but it's really important because the difference in playing quarterback and throwing is pretty significant. When you, when you start talking about what Jake does so well at Georgia is he plays quarterback. That's not the same thing as just throwing a football. So – I, I have been impressed. I do think there's still a ways to go with he, – he, you know, it, it's going to be hard for Carson because he's at a high school that's never had success. Then they, wait, then, then they win the state championship. He still has development to do along the way. He's not ready to be a starter in college football right now. But the truth of the matter is that he's going to come into the 2020 season. There's going to be implied pressure – for him to get a look at being the starter. He's going to have two guys at least in front of him for some time in uh, Dwayne Mathis and Stetson Bennett. Stetson's been in the program forever. I don't feel like I need to lay everything out for everyone. But in terms of physical tools, Carson Beck has got something that other two guys don't have. So then what – is holding him back? What is holding him back from a five star staff? I don't rate guys, but but I mean, what do you think? What what do you think people see there? Like okay. marketing. <laughs> He's marketing. quiet. He wasn't a big yeah, camp I mean, guy either, and that is that's a big deal. Let's you don't go what, to the camps. You, it's really hard to get that let, fifth let, star. Let's see what happens when he does elite eleven. Let's see where he goes. How is he on the board? You know, but let's not act like marketing doesn't come into play right. with this stuff. I mean. This group doesn't have to carry the torch of a network anymore. Networks do a good job of rating kids. They do a great job of marketing too, though, and switching kids around at the last second to, you know, flip-flop Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence two and one so people can get fired up. I mean, give me a break. A, a new number one player in the country, people click on it. People click right. on it. At the end of but the I day – But I think – wait, hold on. Just yeah. to get back – well, go ahead. I was going to say, it, it's nice to be named a five-star, but in reality, there's not a big difference in one of those low five-star guys and a high, high four-star guy. But I mean, the, the discussion on Dog Post Message Board, the, po- the post the other day, was what's really the difference here? And the answer is we, we don't – it's not – it's hard to quantify. I mean, because I got – so Carson Beck is going to go into this summer – and he has the ability to leap and become a five-star player. Like, I don't know what he is right now. But if you go and win that, he's the number three quarterback pocket-wise. I think he's the number three guy consensus overall. If he goes and wins Elite 11 and he's already that high, he could jump people. Um, 
the kid from California that's committed to Clemson, I think, is everyone's consistency number one. But if he doesn't perform well in Elite 11, and Carson does, you know, Carson's a guy that, again, there's not a lot of game film. Generally speaking, he's started 20 games. But one was at – five of those were at one school, whereas the other ones here were, recently were at Mandarin. But the whole – you know, bullshit of it all with the ratings and the rankings and all this stuff. All you have to do is watch him play. He's a good player. I'm not ready to say he's going to win the Heisman, but he is going to present uh, another option for Georgia in 2020 or 2021. I think Jake Fromm's leaving, but that's me. Well, and we got a long way to go for yeah. that one. Yeah. Well, I think that's an easy way into the, the running back conversation, too. Who he's. He gonna hand the ball off uh, from that twenty twenty class. Oh, and Carson, uh, whoever yeah. Carson right. Stetson, Dwayne, Dwan, yeah. uh, Dwan. It's yeah. probably not gonna be Marshawn Lloyd who just committed to South Carolina, yeah. but there's a five star in California who has a big eye on the Georgia Bulldogs. All right, tell who, us uh, about him, Kendall Milton. A um, lot of people have compared him to Ty Gurley. He's a big kid, around six two, two hundred. A lot of people have compared him to Todd Gurley. A lot of has people anyone have... compared him to Herschel Walker yet? I not mean, what is this? Not that I know. It, a lot of it is the size. He's taller. He kind of runs like him. He's not as fast, uh, but he breaks tackles. He plays against high competition, which Todd didn't exactly do. But watching the film, he, he can make a guy miss uh, for a guy his size. And he, he breaks a lot of tackles. Uh, number two ranked player in the country. Uh, visited Georgia for GA. Running, running back in the country. Running back in the country. Um, and... It, it seems I, I know I've heard some good things between him and Georgia. Um, sure, Dean, I think you might have too, but definitely got to keep an eye on. Georgia's got to sign two in this class. There's no just, doubt about that. You know, running backs never been an issue. No, you know, Zamir. We don't know what what's going on there, but he has two more falls at Georgia. If he's an average player because of these injuries, okay, but um, they need something from it. They need – yeah, I mean, they Zemir need, can't yeah. just be right. a, a liability as it turns out. Or that's probably the wrong way to, to put it. But um, – An equaling? Well, just not productive. Yeah. That would that would be disappointing on a lot of different levels. <clears throat> but and, – and I'm skeptical that he'll be a disappointment and he, that he won't do anything. But when you look – you know, y'all, we were talking about this a minute ago when I was talking about the defense, the front that you should see in 2020 – like I don't have it right here with me, but in my office, you you know I keep up with things on a on a dot basis. If you're a top 100 player, you have two dots. If you're a top 300 player, you have one dot. And if you are not a top 300 prospect, you don't have any dots. And there's just so many two dot players for Georgia on the defensive side of the ball. In a, in a way that other programs, I mean, Clemson has never recruited like they are right now. They've done a hell of a job, this class. It's but, very top-heavy, and they're but, still bringing but in some lower-level guys. But, but they're still behind Georgia in terms of what the, the, the tidal wave. I mean, 12 five-star kids in the last two classes for Georgia is almost double what everybody else has got. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. And Texas has done a good job of recruiting, but at the high, high end – those guys are all going to be on campus at the same time. And it just adds up more and more. And, and, and even more now where you are re-recruiting kids because of the transfer rule and the fact that um, you're gonna, young players are going to matter now more in programs than ever before, 
I wonder if that shift will help Kirby and them even more. I mean, the national championship, anytime you win a national championship, you've had a special season. Kirby will get his national championship. But I'm talking about over a decade time. You know, can you win 130 games in a decade? That'd be a heck of a run. But you have to have this type of talent. You you do. do You have to, and, and particularly in this league. Particularly in this league. 130 wins in a decade? That'd be 13 wins a season. That'd be nuts. Well, I mean, I don't think that that's completely out of the question. Um, but that's that's a heck of a... I mean, that's... That's, like, a, that's, a, that's, that's, a, like, that's like a historic, like, I mean... Would that be 13 and 2? That's basically going 13, 13 and 2 the and whole maybe time. maybe occasionally you go 15, 15 and 0, like... I don't think Georgia will ever go undefeated. I'm not saying it won't ever happen, but um, the I mean, way it's, it's set so up and the way they've got their schedule going now, Georgia can easily lose a regular season yeah. game each year, yeah. win the SEC title, and they're in. Going but undefeated you, is a tough, tough task. But when you talk, when you talk with guys like Eric Gilbert or you know Carson Beck or whoever, like they, I mean, I, I'm projecting here a little bit. They don't want to play. Um, Furman, they want to play Notre Dame on the road. They don't care. These guys don't understand their own mortality. I mean, they don't know that they can lose, but they can. A lot of recruits, that's what they go for. They don't go to these schools saying, I can win a championship here. They say, I can go here, get better in three years, yeah. and go to the NFL. Yeah. If we go six and six, yeah. as long as I'm going well, to three years, well, each kid is different. Each yeah. kid is different. Um but Nobody yeah, wants to go six and six. Right. Man. No one wants to, but no one wants to play Furman either. Like you, like right. you said. I mean, it. it, it Listen, has, a lot of kids are going to Tennessee. Tennessee could go six and six, but they're they playing were, early. They were five and seven last year. Right. But uh, we were having a discussion about the difference between Clemson and Tennessee. There's there's a, a couple of differences, but there's a lot of similarities too. And what I mean by that is structurally. I don't mean I was gonna say, expand on that. Really. Yeah, well, <laughs> the difference the you're talking about two states, two schools in small states. Not as much. There's a lot more talent in South Carolina than t- in Tennessee, but they both have to recruit nationally, and yeah. they both better win, or it can and, get and, get sideways quick. And, and well, Tennessee has gone through almost 20 years of sideways. And they both have to recruit specifically from the state of Georgia. They got to do. Both, they got to do okay in Atlanta. They both neighbor with that. I mean, yeah. any state that neighbors with Georgia has to be able to recruit in Atlanta, and those guys have both struggled but to do. It doesn't seem up. like Tennessee recruits the state of Florida very well. They Clemson better. absolutely does. Well, Clemson understands yeah. recruiting. Yeah. <laughs> Tennessee can go into Virginia and North Carolina. Mississippi in the Midwest Clemson's, and all that. Clemson's Clemson, owning Florida when they want. Clemson's hurting Tennessee big time. And Georgia Tech will too. I, I thought I was going to just yeah. say that. Yeah. Georgia Tech is going to hurt Tennessee and they might hurt Auburn a little bit. Listen, the Georgia fans listening aren't going to like this, but I do think that it, what Jeff Collins is doing at Georgia Tech, he's doing everything the right way. He's hitting the state of Georgia hard. He's getting a lot of these well, He's got to be a peacock right now. Yeah. He can sell, and he's staying hard in state, and that's I think they're doing a great job of that. But they're going to get kids that with Paul Johnson would have gone to Tennessee, would have gone to Auburn, would have gone to South Carolina, would have gone to Florida State, and Georgia Tech is going to start getting a lot more of those kids who, especially Metro Atlanta, would go elsewhere. Meanwhile, you know, Kirby and them, 
California, Texas, Oklahoma. Got, I mean, bro, there's a kid on Vegas. this. There's a kid on this in this program from Rhode Island, Oklahoma. You know, Texas, Florida, Georgia, obviously now Alabama, recruiting a kid from Canada. Yeah, they are. Theo Johnson. And you just you, they're global now. <laughs> well, it's not great. It's not great for our you know travel purposes, but it it does. It's just interesting that they are taking the Urban Meyer at Florida blueprint, which is, yeah, we don't have to recruit, recruit in state. Not if we can go get someone from Virginia that's a lot better than the guy in in Georgia. And we've been talking about this a while. George is going to go get a kid in Phoenix, Arizona, if yeah. they like him more than a kid in Gwinnett County. Yeah, he's not is. being apologetic. Kirby's not being apologetic about this at all. Rick would love the four-star offensive lineman from uh, Wesleyan or something. And sometimes that works out. But Kirby and his staff, if they like a kid in Seattle or Washington, D.C., that's the kid they are going well, get, they have or again, try to get. I left out Washington State, but I mean, yeah. you when you when you've signed kids from Miami, Seattle, Rhode Island, and Tulsa or wherever Dallas, yeah. I yeah. mean, are there are there rules for these yeah. guys at all? I mean, like it's like where who are the best players? We're going to shoot for those guys, and I think that over time that will matter a lot. Big presence in Texas right now. If you yeah. don't follow recruiting, uh, Georgia is going after a lot of these kids from Texas and doing Why a really good Texas job. Why is Texas coming to Georgia and Atlanta? They, they are a little bit. They, they got, got the, the kid out of Buford. They, they got Kenyatta Watson, yeah. uh, safety from Grayson. They got uh, the running back out of Buford. Running back out of uh, Darian Brown. Uh, I think they've recruited and offered a lot of kids too. Those are a couple they've signed. I think there was. One or two I might be missing from previous classes. See, that, that all of it, so this is a total zero-sum game recruiting. So Kenyatta Watson may well have gone to Tennessee in the past. And he's going to Texas. Yeah. You know, and uh, another thing that's changed in the last 20 years of recruiting is kids just don't stay close to home the way they used to. Right. They just don't. Well, especially in Atlanta. It's a transplant city. People move to Atlanta. Um, no one wants to live in Ohio or Michigan or anything like that. People move to Atlanta. It's a nice place to live. And they bring their allegiances, and a lot of the, they have any ties to the University of Georgia. But when they lived in Ohio or Michigan or Indiana, they, you know, Notre Dame or coming but then, from Texas. When was the last time Georgia, you know, and Mathis is from Michigan, so that's that'd be one. But they just don't recruit the Midwest, probably because right. there's not as yeah. many good kids. No, there's well, a reason and, Michigan and Ohio State and Notre Dame yeah. come to Georgia to recruit. Yeah. There's none up and there. And Florida. Well, and yeah. Michigan and Ohio State and them kind of have that area. Like, it's hard to go yeah. up there and compete with them up there. Well, Kentucky, I'll, I agree. Kentucky, Ohio State lands those in Kentucky yeah. has done a good job of working around the edges of Ohio and that's what made them so decent this past few years is they have, you know, because they've, they've done a decent job. But, you know, for this for this program, you know, I just think people should be – should expect big, you know, big games. It's, that's not going to change. But the, the defense in 2020 is not going to be like the defense that they've had lately. Maybe it will be similar to the 2017 defense, I guess. But that is going to be loaded up with talent. Uh, you love the kid that they just brought in. Who's that? That got committed, the 2020 lineman. Well, I, I just think I, – I, 
I think he's undervalued. I mean, he should yeah. not be number 90 in the yeah. nation. Well, Someone's missing something. I think he, he was probably in the two or three hundred. Someone saw him boosted up to 90, saw him some more, and said, actually, this kid is a borderline five-star. And then I think he just did get a nice little boost from one of the other Every, Everybody can't be a five. I get that. Yeah. Like, if there's only 32 five-star kids, he might not be a five-star player, but he sure as hell ain't a number 90. I've only been doing – I mean, I, I'm not an expert – I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and act like I am. I have seen this for 20 years, though, and certain guys, when they flash like that. When you're that big and that athletic. It's I mean, Derek Brown was a hell of a high school player. Yeah. That kid is is not as powerful as Derek was, but there was a reason why Derek Brown was a five-star player. He was damn good. This kid looks something like that. It, I'm not sure if he's as high a prospect as, as Derrick Brown was, but he's in the he's in the universe of Derrick Brown. What Should, do you think he'll play? That three well, that's eight? a good question. See, maybe that's what's going on yeah. too. Is maybe people are saying, well, you know, what is this guy? Yeah. Um, but what was Nolan Smith? He's no, I mean, an outside linebacker. Yeah, but he played a lot of D end in at IMG, did, yeah. right? Yeah. But did you always know he was going to be an outside linebacker? I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, but with this kid, you don't know. Yeah, I think it's harder to tell. Yeah, he doesn't. I mean, look, he either. doesn't look real big to play inside. Yeah. Still some time to grow, but I, I like that quickness and explosiveness yeah. he could bring to that inside defensive tackle. Spot. And like Zion Logue played outside yeah. a lot. He's not real fast. Seems but like he's, he's athletic. There's a lot of feels like true defensive ends. That five technique on this team. Yeah, some of them are going to have to move in and play at and that three spot. And some of these threes might have to play. But 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 can the inside guys who are shifting from the outside in, can you deal with the double teams? Can you eat up enough of the double teams so the linebacker can go do what a linebacker needs to do? Nicobe Dean in order to fly around the football, needs to be able to fly around the football, not deal with blockers all the time. I mean, part of playing linebacker is confronting the person in front of you. That's life. But if you don't have to confront him. If you don't have to. That's better. That is ideal. But you don't get breakaways in basketball. I mean, you right. got to make you got to beat the other guy in front of you. It definitely feels like the secondary is going to continue to get better and better and better. So it really some, is some of the all in- about – this front seven, really. Some of the insiders are really hyped up about this Georgia secondary. They yeah. like it a lot. J.R. Reed's been around forever. Uh, Richard LeCount, you know, resident crazy person, uh, or at least it seems that way when he plays. Is a money year for him. I'm curious. Have y'all seen – some people in Montrose have him going, you know, in the first round. J.R. Reed. Richard LeCount. That's the thing. I, I, I wouldn't. Matt I would. Miller. I, I would. I mean, that's a say, that's a position where I think you need to be careful in the first. He definitely Matt, has not proven that yet. Yeah, no. that's what I, mean, I thought. I mean, Matt Miller from Bleacher Report had him as his best coverage safety. Richard. Yeah, well, he's a zone J- coverage J- J- guy. JR Reed's yeah. a better. Well, I, well, I mean, I mean <sighs> Richard is a pure zone cover dude. He can cover an area. Get there. You don't. Want well, to he's going to knock your one. head off. I mean, that's the thing about Richard yeah. is he's going to come up and knock your head. Or, or, he'll, or he'll miss. miss. Yeah. But that's the part that he needs to work on. Right. But we'll see. Georgia doesn't concentr- want to lose both of those two at the same we're time. We're concentrating on Richard and, you know. They're definitely losing to, J.R. Reed. To, they need Richard right. to stay. I, right now, I don't know why he would leave. But Tyreek Stevenson has been, a, has been talked about a lot. Lewis Seen. 
Well, he's not been talked about a lot, but he's a big Boy. old kid. Eric Stokes. Eric I mean, Stokes has become apparently just a straight up player. If you watched G Day, he was damn over. good. I mean, and, and Tyson Campbell should you would hope would get better from last year. Well, I mean, Tyson, still, yeah, I mean, like it's tough when it looks like you're the guy and then all of a sudden you're not. DJ Daniel is going to play this year in the secondary too. I really believe that the JUCO cornerback that just came in. So I don't know when or where, but that kid can play. Otis Reed as well. He might do an Alec Ogletree move inside linebacker, but he's another guy like Richard. He's got to take Monty, better Monty, angles. But see, Monty, Monty, Monty Rice isn't just going to give away that spot. And Otis he, can compete for it. I ain't saying. He's and and if Nicobe Dean's already running around, running around with the ones, maybe he's not a one. I mean, there's but just he's only, there's, get, only, there's only eleven spots. Who's the, I mean, but Nicobe Dean will get shuffled in there. If they're yes. going to do linebacker by rotation as For they've sure. done, he's going to get time. You there. got Monty Rice there. You got Tay Crowder. Tay there. Crowder has been has been a solid. He is player. a good player. Uh, Channing Tindall, guy I still like, shown a lot of promise. Made some plays last year. He should get a look. Uh, everyone forgot about Quay Walker. You like Adam Anderson? Yeah, he's not an inside guy, no. right? But. Um, that was five-star, virtual guy could play either one. But these we'll these are that. all guys that we're talking about that, you know, so Georgia's future is very much right on the precipice here. And that that's the part that the recruiting, when you start talking about Carson Beck, I'm not – I'm trying to be as patient on the hype train about him as possible. But it was impressive to see him – appropriately play when he was playing in those games. I think we all covered Jacob Eason's freshman year when there was way too much hype about him yeah. being the savior. Well, was that and I listen, again. I love Jacob Eason. Yeah. I think he's got tremendous skill. I like his family. I like him. But this had nothing to do with Jacob. Right. That shit got out of control. And there was a couple of us me particularly saying, can we calm down a lot right now? The expectations for this kid are crazy. Yeah. He didn't have an offensive line, you know, the speed of the game, yada, yada. I mean, Jake Fromm's freshman year versus Jacob Easton's, everyone, that's not A and B. That's apples and teddy bears. After that spring game of Jacob Easton's incoming year, it was over after that. He was the savior. He was going to be the guy to take over after old Grayson Lambert gets out of there. It was just too much. It was just too much. Well, and a lot of that was – God bless him because I had never heard a bad word about Grayson Lambert, but everybody was like, "We got it. We can't." The Jacob Eason hype was almost as big as the Isaiah Crowell hype. <laughs> yeah, I think it was more. I think it was that more was because he played quarterback, yeah. and I think that that was an unfortunate thing. Something Carson Beck, Dwayne Mathis, those guys haven't had to deal with that. Yeah. Justin Fields did. Now he plays for Ohio State. But even then, now, the Justin, I will say this about – go ahead. The Justin Fields hype wasn't even the same, though. No, to, not to at Jake, all. I mean, no, not at all. after a 2015 season of quarterback just, I don't know, shitstorm. Yeah. You know, you got a five-star like Jacob Eason coming in. I mean, was, the hype is just – He was expected to start day one and turn the program around. First game with Jacob Eason, first game with Kirby Smart. That's how the new transition went. And neither of those things – were true. He right. didn't start game one. Right. He won them the game. Yeah. Um, but he and he was not the person that turned the thing around. But you know, if if you went to Seattle and watched Jacob play, you saw you're like, holy shit, this kid has got amazing talent. And then you're like, oh, he makes mistakes. Okay, 
like a normal high school quarterback. And that, so the, that's what bothered me so much about the, the hype train was that for Jacob, I was like, dude, are, are you, have y'all even watched this kid play at all ever? Like, this is crazy right now. And um, everybody just got out of control. Yeah. Everybody well, I mean, got out of control. We talked about it before we started this, but I mean, yeah, you look, everyone goes to the huddle. And you see just the huddle plays. I mean, you see yeah, the you don't see the mistakes. You, yeah, and when you watch that, especially with a guy like Jacob Beeson, you're watching him chuck, you know, sixty yard touchdowns like it's nothing. Yeah. But you don't see, yeah, all the interceptions that come with it, and all the mistakes that come with it. I love mistakes. I mean, because it shows that's, that's where you learn. Oh, about. I yeah, love that's, it. That's how you know the most about. Like it. The, when I, I swear, this was my. I know we're talking about somebody who does not play at Georgia, but this, this is this is a frame of reference for me. So here I am. You know, and I had set up the the situation to go out to Seattle, and well, he's he's an hour north of Seattle. Okay, so he's, he's not, sort of in Seattle, um, but it's almost it was way up there. We were about an hour from the border with Canada, um, but I set it up. I go out there. I watched the first half, the first quarter. I was like, well, this kid's gonna be in the damn Hall of Fame. That's how well he played. The arm strength, just zipping the ball, and then the second quarter happened. And mistakes. And he was thrown off the back foot. He was getting rushed. They couldn't protect him to save their life. The head coach was telling me we got issues on the offensive line. But the fans at Georgia either chose never to watch that. They weren't shown that. Because now in this industry, everybody's an expert, first of all. And secondly, we have a um, completely – clean clinical look at these kids with never any mistakes and what happened what happens uh, often is kids fail the biggest way that you grow as a person is after failure and we don't get to see that in highlight tapes we only get to see the best of the best of the kids and when you go watch a kid play live and you see their body when you see their Reaction to things when you see uh, can they rally? What are they like with their teammates, particularly quarterbacks? Um, you know, I never saw Jake Fromm lose a high school football game, but he definitely was always in his teammates' line of sight. He wasn't in their face, um, and you know that was a, a comforting thing for those kids at Houston. A, a program that never had success until he got And it brings it to this point, too. I mean, the three of us have seen some of the top players, not only in the South, but in the country and the, you know, recently. And all these guys have weaknesses. Yes. And we saw it. Um, you saw Brock Vandegrift, quarterback at Prince Avenue. He, he, he's going to be really good. He's a good. really good prospect. Yeah. And he looked like... Not very good. He just, yeah, I mean, I don't know what it was, if it was just the people around him or not. But, yeah, I think he had three interceptions that day. Probably should have had four this, or five. This was an inter-squad scrimmage. Yeah, this is against his own team. and You're not going to see any of that on his huddle. No, no. But, and and he, I mean, he, had, he did have one touchdown that was insanely good. I mean, a, a great throw, probably a 50-yard touchdown pass. But, I mean, yeah, other than that, I thought yeah, he yeah, did, not look, yeah. Yeah, did not look the part of a – Broderick Jones was up and down. He's a five-star kid. Absolutely Who's the kid at Camden? Micah Morris. So I when, like Micah. I like him, yeah. too. But when you watch him on Nike, you're like, oh, my God, this guy's a killer. And then you watch him play Charlton County, you're like, are you interested right now? Because it doesn't seem like you're interested, really. Yeah. And, and it's not – I mean, like, and parents and kids can take that the wrong way. But 
you know, it's a serious thing. And we covered Georgia. We covered uh, the nation's number one and number two class. We know what it's supposed to look like. And when we go see these kids... Well, when my, my frame of reference for um, running backs is Todd Gurley. For quarterbacks is Matthew Stafford or Aaron Murray. I mean, you know, or uh, Alec Ogletree, who was out there killing people at Noonan. I mean, these are these are really good players. Aaron Murray at Plant, just destroying everyone in Tampa. I mean, so watch a Trevor Cartersville or Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. When you watch him have to fight through and win a game against Buford ten to nothing, and he didn't really play great, yeah. and he got beat up in that game. Yeah, too. took a big old hit. Came back next play through a touchdown pass. Well, but you, but like after that game, I was like, well, that's all I need to see of this kid. Yeah. This Sophomore season, state championship. Yeah, this bro. kid's a star. But when Fromm played, you're like, man, dude, I don't know. Man. This guy throws a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this guy throws a lot yeah. of touchdowns. Scouting, covering this stuff, being a college coach. It's not the easiest thing in the, no. in the world. But the kids, that the, the, in wrapping this up, you know, the kids we see um, when we're driving – Three hours one way, six hours round trip, whatever it is, you know, or fighting Atlanta to Athens traffic. Um, you want to be impressed, but by and large, you're not impressed, typically. You're like, okay, I see it. This kid's not a full package. We got a ways to go, blah, blah, blah. I see a lot more of what y'all have seen, like what, what Dylan described, like, how is this going to work? But the truth is, the kid is raw. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what it is. I mean, Brock and we did Brock, see some young kids. Brock Vandergriff has two more ears exactly. before he yeah. ever. That's, that's what I was telling myself, and it's just like, yeah, like as those two years go on, we will see more of the you know one touchdown pass I saw compared to the three interceptions I saw. Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is with that kid too. I mean, he he played in a state championship game. Or at state semifinals, whatever it was, not that long ago. I mean, in December. So he's a high level prospect, but he can they, they, yeah, he can throw it now. See, now Trevor never looked bad ever, but he had a lot of talent on his team. He had a lot of weapons. Um, Trevor Lawrence is a that. very good prospect, but he, and you know, this is another podcast for another day, but I mean, he's not Matthew Stafford in terms of like, whoa. He's close though. I'll put him up there with him. He's up there with yeah. him. He's just not as good in terms of like freak show, different angle, weird stuff. No. Pat Mahomes type stuff. Yeah, that guy is he's probably on better. Level, than, yeah, he's, he's probably, on another level. He's probably him. better than Matthew in a lot of different things. He's definitely better than Trevor Lawrence. But, but Trevor's a little bit, is a traditional. Pocket guy, you know this. Mahomes is a yeah. is just he's a different wizard. deal. He's a, he's a wizard. We could have a whole podcast. That guy, Trevor Lawrence's recruitment. The, the, that, that, that 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 the Mahomes kid is that the closest to Brett Favre? I just think he's unbelievable. He is unbelievable. I, I don't know how you. I don't know. It's wizardry. He's a literal and wizard. And he I has done. a great head coach, too, yeah. man, in terms of quarterback development. Listen, Mikkel Hardman is going to get some opportunities next year. He's, he, I mean, that's, that I would was, love to be Mikkel Hardman right that now. That was big time for him. I thought that was a great place. It's for such, him. Yeah. You know, I talk a lot about this with my friends um, who are NFL fans. And I just I, I, I sort of monitor the NFL. But it's very interesting seeing the Steelers re sign Ben Roethlisberger, and you're going. Like, how long are we going to play this game here? You know, this guy's almost 40. 
Um, I think the Giants made the right move getting a new quarterback. Did they get the right one? I don't know. But quarterbacks in the league, um, I'm about as sold on Mahomes as it gets. You know, Deshaun Watson, my concern there is durability. I'm not, I'm not, I don't think that coach is great to me. For, he still for, doesn't have an offensive for line. Me. Well, that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, what's Deshaun supposed to do about that? Baker's the real deal, though. I yes. would give Baker his Now, deal. he has bizarre Matthew Stafford-like angles yeah. and all this stuff. Yeah, he is I a mean, special player. I've not seen Trevor. Him, I've not seen Trevor do the sidearm deal. No, he's, he's all over that, the top. I mean, he's, he's still beautiful. Young. He's huh? still young. Well, he's not he going to throw. He's got to work on that over the summer. Get that sidearm. Get that sidearm. Side Trevor's <laughs> going to be a lefty out there. He's, 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 he's going to do. How it do you even there. work on it? I think that just. I think that's just inherited. It's just. And, and it's I, I don't. And you know, I, I don't think a lot of it's baseball too. Former baseball player. Matthew. Oh yeah, Mahomes. And Mahomes. Yeah, but but you know, do you. I don't think you worry about durability with Trevor necessarily, but he's not a real big guy. Like Carson Beck, he's thick. Fromm, yeah. those guys were thick dudes, man. I mean, Beck is going to be one of their bigger quarterbacks. Mathis is big too, but he's lean. David really? Green was six. David Green was two two twenty five. No, David was at least six six three. Really? Yeah, okay. he was my height. Man. But he was two twenty something, right? At least. What was Matthew? 240. He we showed big. up. So yeah. last last thing. <laughs> last thing. So Josh Kendall, who covers South Carolina at the state. <laughs> so I'm out there watching um, Matthew throw. This is the first time I watched him throw. And this was signing day of 06. So I sent someone out to Dallas to shoot him. I hadn't I hadn't gone out there because I couldn't pull it off. And here's Matthew. And he comes up and, you know, um, and Josh had seen him play or throw soon thereafter. And he goes, uh, he goes, I'm calling him Fat Matt. And I was like, what? I go, what? He goes, Fat, F-A-T, Fat Matt. And I was like, he goes, he's going to be P-H-A-T, Fat Matt when he gets to be better. Because <laughs> he was just throwing interceptions all the time, man. But uh, Matthew, and then, and then after... I think after the Auburn game in 2006, Josh comes up to me and he goes, Fat Matt, P-H-A-T, Fat Matt. And he, didn't, he really didn't play that great against Auburn that day, but you well, could you, – in 2006. Like a 50-yard touchdown run. I think was he did. He also had a fumble after That's running right. for 30 yards in the, in the rain. <laughs> Matthew, I'm, so I'm really glad on a human level, by the way. I, I, I really, we should really close here. But that his wife survived that, that is a big deal. Because yeah. she's got kids, he's got kids. And, man, if I were him, I wouldn't give a shit about football. Yeah. I wouldn't care about that at all. Very, no. very good news. He can chug a beer, too. Which yeah, that was awesome. That was, that was the, awesome. The best you learned that in Georgia. You learned that in Georgia. Yeah. Well, he, did. he probably learned it at Highland Park. <laughs> well, he, probably, he certainly learned it in downtown. He mastered it in Georgia. But, I mean, the best part about that was he was with it. I, it looked like he was with her. Right. And they, and they could just go and out it, and have a normal thing and not be in a hospital. I think that was like two days after her surgery or something. Well, right? I don't think something. it was two days, but it was yeah, after the – after it was after the surgery, and that he that I don't think Matthew is taking for granted the fact that he doesn't have to be in a hospital right now. Yeah, that's a very serious thing. Good for him. Good for the family. All right, catch us on the flip side.